Folks, we need to remember our God is great and awesome. We need to stand firm in the Lord. We need to trust Him with all our heart. We need to have our swords ready, believing the truth of God's Word. It is sharper than a two-edged sword, able to pierce the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Equipping the Saints. Equipping the Saints is a daily radio outreach from Equipping Bible Church in Greer, South Carolina. And our teacher is Greg Lundstedt, pastor of Equipping Bible Church. And Greg, today we wrap up our look at this encouraging portion of Scripture. Yes, we do, Dave. And indeed, we are going to be encouraged not to give up when we are opposed and ridiculed, but to trust the Lord in our marriages, at work, with family, and in ministry. Turn with us to Nehemiah chapter 4, and we're looking at verses 7 through 23. Well, thanks, Greg. And as always, if you have to miss a portion of today's broadcast, you can hear this entire program online at etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. Now, let's join Greg for today's message. But they weren't helping, but they would identify with them, but yet they were discouraging them. Nehemiah 6, verse 17. Also in those days, many letters went out from the nobles of Judah, now that, Judah, okay, to Tobiah and Tobiah's letters to them. For many in Judah were bound by oath to him. He's a bad guy, right? Because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah. Ah, he got in through marriage. He's playing the part of being a Jew, right? God is my God, right? The Lord is my God. The son of Ara, the son of Jehaniah, had married the daughter of Meshulam and the son of Berechiah. Moreover, listen to this. They were speaking about his good deeds. Oh, these are the guys in Judah. Tobiah is a good guy. All his good deeds, right? And notice this. And good deeds in my presence. Okay, that's Satan doing that, by the way and reported my words to him. These guys are not good. These guys are not good. So there are those in Judah who would identify with the work, but they were actually undermining the work, okay? And we see that here. And so then we have this here. And by the way, because of his sneaking in there, they respected him. They spoke of his good deeds, and they were reporting and saying what he was doing. And folks, obviously he had manipulated them. So back in our passage, thus it was said in Judah, and I believe it's coming from this group, basically. The strength, verse 10, of the burden bearers is failing, yet there's much rubbish. And we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. It's too much. So then these Jews that identify with them rebuilding are saying, strength's failing, too much rubbish, and we can't do it. Is this not what happens in the church? with brothers and sisters who are manipulated by the Tobias, those false brethren, and they are continually sharing their good deeds and then reporting what the people that are right are saying. Boy, did we have that happen in our church, right? We had that. We had an evil man in our body years ago who won over many people, and they spoke of his good deeds, and they reported my words to him, you know? Boy, it's exactly like that. I'm so thankful going through Nehemiah because Nehemiah is so encouraging. When you go through discouraging times, you look and go, wait a second, this is encouraging because God is on our side and God is a good God. And so here, you will have deceived brothers and those who are manipulated by evil men and women trying to discourage you. 
within your family, maybe within your church, when they're trying to discourage you from the work, from the work of God, right? Don't go with it. Don't believe it. Don't buy into it. As we're going to see, get back to work. Our God will fight for us, okay? So notice we have the enemies within saying those things, but now we have the enemies without. Verse 11, and our enemies flat out said they will not know or see us until we come among them and kill them and put a stop to the work. This is everyone spoken of earlier. This is the whole group that will encircle them. It is Tobiah, it's Sanbal, it's the Arabs, it's all those guys, right? And the Ashadites and the Amorites, and they're going to encircle. It's all those guys, okay? So notice what happens. Serious stuff. The word gets back. The word of the sneak attack gets back. Look at verse 12. And it came about when the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times. This is pretty important. Told them ten times, over and over again. You know, sometimes when your wife tells you something ten times, it might be important, right? <laughs> right? This is ten times here, right? And what is it? They will come up against us, they identify with them, from every place where you may turn. We're going to be encircled. And we're going to be slaughtered. The word got back. And we're going to see God allowed that to happen. God is the one who frustrated their plans. They prayed to God. And God was frustrating the bad guy's plans. So they said it ten times. You're surrounded. Arabs from the south, Ammonites from the east, Ashdodites from the west, Sambalat from the north. They're going to surround you. They're going to surround you. They're going to kill you. But what was Nehemiah's response? Remember the basic response earlier. But we prayed to our God and we set up Guard against them day and night. That's the response, right? And then look at how he does that. Verse 13, Then I stationed men in the lower parts of the space behind the wall. The exposed places. Really wise. Let's put people in the gaps, right? And I stationed people in families. It was wise. Have them together. Keep them together with their swords, spears, and bows. He stations them in vulnerable places, and he stations them with their families. He's a good, godly leader, he prayed, but he didn't stop there. He prayed, and then he set up defense. And then notice what happens, verse 14. He's not only a wise leader who trusts the Lord, he's also an observant leader. Notice what he says, verse 14. When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, or the officials, and the rest of the people. These people were fearing. I think we'd be fearful too. I think there's a valid fear in this. They're coming to kill you. Everyone, they're going to surround us and they're going to kill us. Okay? He says, when I saw their fear, and notice what he says, middle of verse 14, do not be afraid of them. Don't fear. Do not be afraid of them. And then here's what's so important. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. We need to know that. Don't fear your enemies who are coming at you to kill you, but remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Nehemiah believes what he is saying, by the way. Nehemiah is not some spiritual pep talk artist peddling spiritual leadership to get the people to follow him. He's not doing that because remember what he prayed back earlier in chapter 1. I said, I beseech the Lord of God of heaven, the great and awesome God. Chapter 1. That was just his personal prayer. He believes it. Now, this term great, gadol in Hebrew, means just that, great. And then the term awesome comes from the Hebrew word yare, which means to fear. And it speaks of a terrifying awesomeness. He is great and terrifyingly awesome. Remember your God. 
He is great and terrifyingly awesome. And this would cause one to fear or revere him. Don't fear those who are coming at you, but remember the Lord your God. That's what we need to do. Now, Nehemiah did that the first thing he did. We prayed to our God right away, right? That's what we need to do. He is great and awesome. And I read part of this earlier. This would be reminding these Jews of what Moses had shared concerning what God had done for them with the Egyptians and what he would do for them in the land. Same words. Deuteronomy. Let's turn back there. Deuteronomy chapter 7. we got to remember that too. We have a great and awesomely terrifying God. We have a great God, an awesome God. Deuteronomy 7 verse 17. If you should say in your heart, these nations are greater than I, how can we dispossess them? That's the problem. We go look at the enemy. They're way bigger than us. We're not going to be able to do it. We're going to die. We're going to die, right? It says here, you shall not be afraid of them. You shall well remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. The great trials of which your eyes saw and the signs and the wonders and the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord, your God, brought you out. So shall the Lord your God do to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. Moreover, the Lord your God shall send hornet against them until those who are left hide themselves from you perish. You shall not dread them, for the Lord your God is in your midst. A great and awesome God. Don't fear them. He's great and awesome. Don't fear the enemies that are trying to destroy you at work and your marriage and whatever it might be as Satan uses people. Don't fear them. You have a great and awesome God. You have a great and awesome God. Go up a little farther, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 20. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and cling to him, and you shall swear by his name. He is your praise. He is your God who has done these great and Awesome things for you, which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt, 70 persons in all, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of heaven. Hey, he fulfilled his promises. He's a great and awesome God. And I read this earlier in our service, Psalm 99. The Lord reigns. The peoples tremble. He is enthroned above the cherubim. Let the earth Shake, the Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted above all the peoples. Let them praise thy great and awesome name, holy is he. Yes, don't fear them, but remember the Lord, your God, who is great and awesome. What a leader. What a great guy, Nehemiah is. And he believes it. Remember, great and awesome God. Wonderful, wonderful. But notice, he doesn't just say that alone. And let's just sit and not do anything. Nehemiah's faith works, by the way. He trusts the Lord. His faith works. Remember the Lord your God is great and awesome. And then what? And back in chapter 4, verse 14, middle of the verse, and fight. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. Folks, we need to remember our God is great and awesome. And we need to fight the good fight of faith. We need to stand firm in the Lord. We need to trust him with all our heart. We need to have our swords ready, believing the truth of God's word. It is sharper than a two-edged sword, able to pierce the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And notice what he says here. Fight, fight, and fight. 
you know, he's calling them in the context not to do it, pull up their bootstraps, not to go out and you're greater than they are, not at all. It's in the context of God being great and awesome. It's in the context of faith. It's the context of faith. You see, and notice what he says here. And actually, look down to verse 20, because it is in the context of faith. And wherever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally there, our God will fight for us. He's saying fight, but he's saying fight because God's going to fight for you, right? He's going to fight the battle. The battle is not yours, but the Lord's, right? But we have to step out in faith and do what God calls us to do in our marriages, at work, at church. We need to step out in faith and do what he calls us to do. And so here, and it happened when our enemies, verse 15, heard that it was known to us that God had frustrated their plans. See, Nehemiah says that's how it happened, that God had frustrated their plans. Then all of us returned to the wall, each one to his work. God did fight for them. He frustrated their plans. And the enemies found out, and they gave up, at least for this point. They gave up on their sneak attack, folks. Some of you need to return to the wall. You need to get back to the work that God has called you. You stopped because you were afraid. Maybe it's with your kids or work or marriage or whatever it might be. You stopped doing what was right. Maybe it's at church. You stopped. You were afraid. Get back to work. You have a great and awesome God. Step out in faith, and he will fight for you. So then... How can we keep from being overcome and discouraged, demoralized by Satan's attacks through people, through his servants? Well, first of all, we need to pray. Pray to our God. Secondly, we need to not fear what we hear, but we need to remember the Lord, our God, who is great and awesome, and we need to get to work. We need to fight and get to work. And then lastly, notice we need to do our work with our weapons ready. I mentioned it when we we're starting this message that so often we forget things. You go to a job, you don't have something with you. You know, we need to not forget this. We end up forget. We go out like uh, the kid on the beach in the middle of the war, not realizing what's going on. We need to know there is a war going on. We need to be equipped. We need to know and have what we need for the battle. So we need to do the Lord's work with the weapons ready, trusting him to fight for us. Look at verse 16. And it came about from that day on. Now remember, he's explaining what happened. Now he's saying from that day on. What day is that? The day on from when they got the plans of the bad guys were foiled. And they got back to work because God fought for them. This is what they did from that day on. He says, they set, he's talking about how they set up a guard against their enemies day and night. And it came about from that day on that half of my servants carried on the work while half of them held the spears, the shields, the bows, and the breastplates, and the captains were behind the whole house of Judah. You might remember in chapter 2 that by the Lord's good hand upon Nehemiah, the king sent with him officers of the army and horsemen. Nehemiah chapter 2. And I believe when Nehemiah is speaking of his servants here, that's who he's speaking of. And I believe they're joining in, and they're ready to help. And notice they've got all the equipment they got all the stuff. When half of them carried on the work, the other half had spears, shields, both breastplates, and the captains, this is an army deal, right, were behind the whole house of Judah. Nehemiah is using his military guard, and they're willing to do it, obviously, to help him and the Jews. Remember, he set up a guard against the bad guys day and night. That's what we saw back in verse 9. 
So here you have, so then notice verse 17, those who were rebuilding the wall and those who carried burdens, different classes. You've got people who are working on it. You've got people who are carrying rocks. You know, they're carrying the burdens. You've got different classes of people helping out there. And what did they do? Carried burdens with their load in one hand doing the work and the other hand holding a weapon. I believe so often we just let the sword of the word go down and we don't think about it. We don't think about God's word. We don't use it in our hearts and minds to protect us from the onslaught of our enemy, Satan. We just set it aside and we think we're fine. And we're not until we get decimated. Satan seeks someone to devour. We've got to be on the alert. We need to be trusting the Lord, the shield of faith, and the sword of the word. So then... It says here, and those building the wall carried burdens, took their load with one hand doing the work and the other hand holding the weapon. This is where that term, the sword and the trowel, came from, okay? You got the sword and the trowel. And as for the builders, each one wore his sword girded at his side as he built, while the trumpeter stood near me. This is how we needed to carry out the work of the Lord. This is how we need to carry out what he has us do. We need to be prepared for battle. We're going to be attacked we need to be ready for those thoughts that cross our bow. In a sense, with the word of God holding every thought captive, we need to be careful. We need to be about his work with our swords in our hands. We have enemies. We have Satan as our enemy and all his cohorts. He's going to use people. We're getting attacked. Those thoughts come flying by. And we are just sitting there not thinking anything about God's word or his greatness or awesomeness, and we're getting decimated. May it not be us. May we be ready. And we have our swords ready at hand as we serve the Lord. We need to work with our weapons ready because then God will fight for us. Notice what he says here. And I said, verse 19, to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated on the wall far from one another. At whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us there, our God will fight for us. Very wise. Hey, we're spread apart here. Listen for the trumpet. And when you hear it, rally together. And folks, we need to be working together while the Lord fights for us. We get isolated on our own and we are in trouble. We need to be working together so that we can rally together as we are attacked and we can allow God thus to fight our battles for us rather than we uh, being decimated by Satan and his attacks. And he understands the battle is not ours, but the Lord's. And whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, verse 20, rally to us there, our God will fight for us. That's faith. We trust him. It's the bottom line. So two great principles. One, if we're isolated, we're vulnerable to Satan's attacks. Just look at nature. you got the little caps or whatever they are that are getting away from the herd and they're stiff in bushes, you know, and then you got the lion coming and he's going to get them. They're isolated, right? We need to be with the body of Christ. We need to be functioning with the body of Christ. But also, we need to trust that the Lord will fight for us. We saw this in Second Chronicles 20. Then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jeziel. This is Second Chronicles 20. And he goes and says in verse 17, You need not fight this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out and face them, for the Lord is with you. God will fight the battle for us. We need to be praying and preparing and trusting the Lord to fight for us. What can we learn from this? Never put your weapon down. Don't let your shield go down. Trust the Lord. Don't let the word go over that way. 
Have the word in your heart. Meditate on it day and night. It's, it's your weapon. It's protection for you. You know, when we are getting the onslaught of Satan in our thoughts, and if we don't bring forth the word of God and the truth of God like Jesus did when he was tempted, we're going to fall. We need to serve the Lord with our weapons ready. Never put them down. Trust the Lord. So how can we keep from being overcome, discouraged, demoralized by Satan's attacks through his servants? How can we keep from giving up on the work of God? First of all, we need to pray. We need to pray. Knowing we have enemies, knowing we have opposition, and we need to pray. We're going to have opposition. And secondly, we need not fear what we hear, but remember the Lord our God who is great and awesome. And lastly, we need to fight and work because God is on our side. And don't set your swords down. Notice here in this passage, they had it. They had their swords. They had them throughout. They continued to have them by them all throughout. They didn't let them go. And at the end, notice they were sleeping with their swords. You know, look at verse 21. So we labored in the work, and half of the men held their spears from daybreak until the stars appeared. At the same time, I also said to the people, let us each man and his servants stay at night in Jerusalem, that they may be our guard by night and working party by day. So neither I nor my brethren, my servants, nor the men of the guard who followed me took off their clothes, except that everyone took them off for washing. They were willing to stay there and sleep at night, do whatever they needed to do to get the work done, and to be on guard against the enemy. And Nehemiah was doing that right in the midst of them, day and night. Don't put your sword down at night. Be running God's word through your heart so that you are not taken captive, that you are not decimated by Satan and his schemes. So with that in mind, maybe some of you have been decimated. Maybe you have not kept your sword with you. You haven't been focusing on the Lord and his word, and you've been struggling. You've been attacked, and the sword's nowhere to be found. You need to confess. Grab your sword, get back to work. The battle's hard, but it's not yours, it's the Lord's. Trust the Lord. Yes, it's fearful, but we have a great and awesome God. Folks, we need to pray, and we need to be on watch. We need to pray, and we need to be on watch. Whether it's raising your kids in a godly manner, tempted to give up. Marriage, godly manner, tempted to give up. At work, tempted to give up. You're doing it hardly on the Lord, tempted to give up. Whether it's the church, in the body of Christ, do not fear. But remember the Lord who is great and awesome. That the Lord will fight for us. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to Equipping the Saints with Greg Lundstedt. You can hear today's message again by visiting our website, etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. CDs of today's message or other messages are available at our website as well. And as a part of the ministry of Equipping the Saints, all our audio resources are available at no cost to you. Thanks to the Lord's provision through the faithful support of friends of this broadcast. To order your complimentary CD, call us toll-free 
800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to request your complimentary CD by email, our email address is contact at etsradio.org. Greg, you made a very important point in your message today, and as we wrap up our time together, I'd like you to expand on it a little bit. Well, folks, as we have seen, there's going to be times when we're going to be tempted to be discouraged, when we're going to be tempted to give up, but don't do it. Folks, as we have seen, we need to pray. We need to be on the alert. We need to be on watch. Grab your sword, the Word of God, and yes, work. Yes, the battle's hard, and it's fearful, But we serve a great and awesome God who will fight for us. So remember him. Whether it's in raising your children in a godly manner, whether it's in marriage, whether it's at church, whatever it might be, you're tempted just to throw in the towel to give up. Don't do it. Don't fear. But remember, we serve a great and awesome God. So get to work. Swords drawn, alert and ready. And the Lord will fight our battles. As we close today's broadcast, it's our prayer that the Word of God has done its work in your life and that you've been challenged and encouraged to follow Christ more closely. If you're receiving spiritual benefit from equipping the saints, would you prayerfully consider sending a gift today? Every gift makes a difference. No gift is too small, and every dollar is put right back into the ministry. To send a gift to Equipping the Saints, call us toll-free at 1-800-596-9144. That's 800-596-9144. If you prefer to donate online, our web address is etsradio.org. That's etsradio.org. Well, we hope you'll make plans to join us again next time, right here for another edition of Equipping the Saints. (laughs) 